have you ever looked in the mirror and heard the little boy say, man, you're a loser, or you really have a lot of work to do? Have you ever had unwanted, obtrusive thoughts? Have you ever found yourself having to just have a conversation with yourself and move yourself forward by having a chat? Well, today we're going to be talking about conversations with self. And this is not this is not psychotherapy or schizophrenia. No, no, we're not, we're not talking about schizophrenia <laughs> where you've got voices telling you to. Yeah, I've I've known a few people that had those. Yeah, they're kind yeah. of scary. Yeah, but so this is a kind of a. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a few curveballs at you today. Well, man. you and I talked about this yesterday. Just uh, you know, we were in the car talking <clears throat> on our mm-hmm. way to lunch, and we just talked about how there's times where you you have this conversation with yourself. Yeah, self dialogue. Yeah, self dialogue. And and I it piqued my interest a little bit, and I was like, I wonder what the Bible says about this. And it's actually, you see things that are in scripture where people actually have conversations with themselves. Yeah. Isn't it's going to be a good conversation. Yeah. Well, my name is Dan. I'm with Ben. We're the teaching pastors at Life Fellowship in uh, suburban Charlotte, North Carolina. And this is Life Talks. We are discussing those conversations we all end up having between our own ears, mm. some of which we may never share with anybody, <laughs> but there is biblical precedent for them. So Ben, get us kicked off. When, when, when we talk about this inner dialogue, what are yeah. we really saying? Well, I think what we're saying is that there are times when we have these thoughts come in, like we we talk to ourselves. We we literally will tell, like you said, we uh, we'll say things usually negative about ourselves or or about somebody else, and and we'll have this inner dialogue. And I think that's what um, it's very normal for that to happen. In fact, uh, the Bible records these kinds of things. For example. Abraham in Genesis 17, he, when he when God goes to him and says, I'm going to make you into a great nation, and inside, it says Abraham in his heart said to himself, like, this is ridiculous. Like, he laughed to himself, like, I'm, I'm 100 years old. Mm-hmm. How is this going to happen? And, um, you know, the, another time is when uh, David in, in 1 Samuel 27, where he's running from Saul, and he and says that he said in his heart, you know, one day Saul's going to get me, and, he's, and he starts... I mean, that's when he goes to the to the Philistines. And um, Psalm 14, verse one, David records, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. Mm-hmm. And then I don't I don't know how this was recorded. I mean, I don't know how they got this information, but there's a story in the gospels when a Pharisee is inviting Jesus into his household for dinner. And there's a woman, a, a, a sinner comes in and later uh, you know, weeps on, you know, on Jesus' feet and wipes his feet with her hair. And it says the Pharisee said in his heart, if he was, a, if he really was a prophet, he would know who's touching him right now. And mm-hmm. so, right there, you see examples in Scripture of people having this inner dialogue with themselves, and just, uh, and and most of the time you see it recorded. I didn't record. I didn't. Talk, we didn't talk about every single time in Scripture it says it, but for the most part, they are genuinely or generally negative or not thoughts that God wants us to have. Yeah. And it always says it's come, he says in his heart. And so I think if it's, obviously if it's going on in the Bible and you, I, it, everyone listening to this can, I was probably nodding the head like, yeah, this happens to me all the mm-hmm. time. I say things about myself. I say things about others, other person, but there's a dialogue going on in my head all the time. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> so I'm going to throw some, some tough questions. At okay. You, all right. And, and so, so how do we differentiate between our inner dialogue, mm-hmm. demonic conversations mm. that Satan plants that are that run contrary to Scripture, so we know they're not of God, mm-hmm. and God's voice in our life, where whether it's the Holy Spirit, I mean, okay, 
full transparency, I thought I'm going to ask you a tough question. Yeah. Sorry. So you you say this sometimes, and every time you do, I always hiccup. You always say, God told me, or God said to me, or whatever. And every time you say that, I'm like, well, God doesn't talk to me that way. Why does he talk to Ben that way? Am I not a spiritual? I have this red bat phone <laughs> in my office. And it rings. And it just rings, and I yeah. pick it up. Um, <laughs> at, at the same time, I would say, have I ever felt like the Holy Spirit woke me up or mm-hmm. moved me to do something? Mm-hmm. And maybe you and I are using different vernacular to sure. talk about the same. Yeah. But for those of us who are walking, you know, a path, we, we're confident we're children of God. How do we differentiate between this inner dialogue that we have with ourselves? Well, Dan, you shouldn't do this. And well, yeah, but I really want to do this. Well, no, yeah. you shouldn't because, yeah. or where, where God is saying, Dan, pay attention right now. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got something for you to do. Or yeah. where it's like Satan is accusing us. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's, that's a great question. And I think what I would say is what is the, you always have to listen to the tone of the voice, especially when you're talking about the spirit in the spiritual realm. Okay. Um, because there's always in this, in spiritual warfare that they are going to use a tone that is, that is not kind. Okay. That's, that's very aggressive and accusatory because that's what they do. It's an accuser. I think the other way to acknowledge, to, to, to identify if whether or not it's really the spiritual warfare issue, if it's demons, um, they always lie. And so one of the things that they try to do and what, and they're very successful at this is they will, they will, they will make you feel like a lie is the truth. And you know, like people might say, I don't feel like I'm a Christian right now, Mm -hmm. but you know, you are. And there are times where we feel something so strongly or you find yourself feeling, you know, afraid or feeling worried or whatever it is, but we know that doesn't come from God. And so there's these, there's these times when the enemy will feed our mind and our hearts lies that make us think and feel, I shouldn't say make us think, but make us feel like something is true. And so I think, I think the accusatory tone, I think the, the idea of, of identifying what, where the lie is, those are all ways to identify whether or not something is truly, um, maybe demonically influenced, but you know, we don't necessarily need the spiritual realm to, to condemn us because I think sometimes, I think the other thing is this, when, if you hear you, as opposed to I, Okay. You know, if, if you're hearing these voices saying, well, you're such a blah, 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 whatever. Um, well, th- that has to be coming from a third party when someone says you, but when you say, I like, man, have you ever done something? You're like, I am such an idiot. Mm-hmm. Like there's this self-talk that we say, well, I, I can't believe I did this or man, I, I, I wish I could have done this better. And, and there's all these things that we do. We, we condemn ourselves over and over again. So I think that, um, differentiating between the I and the you. Um, and then as far as God talking, and again, this is, man, this is opening up a whole can of worms here because I think that there, for the longest part of my own Christian experience, I would say that I never heard that voice from God. And I, I was very, I was very strongly in this. God communicates to us through his word and that's it. Do not tell me that God gives you this little voice. Um, and, and as I've matured and I, I don't know, maybe God does this for some people, not others. He did, he's done this with my wife for as long as I've known her. And she would always be like, God told me this. And and she was always right. Like, it's not like, it's not like she was, she was, she batted, you know, seven fifty. Like she would bat a thousand every single time she would say, God told me this. And every single time it would be bullseye. Okay. So when you live, I've, I've known my wife for, for 20, 25 plus years. And so 
you know, you live with someone that long and you're like, I thought the same thing. Like, okay, I would like, I would like that little voice to help. And again, it's not like it's all the time. Sometimes God is silent, but I have, I have learned over the years to be in a posture where God, I, I need, I need to hear from you. And there are times when he just gives me one thing and, and sometimes he'll say one small thing for me and it's, it's, that's it. But it's not like, I, I think primarily I, I lean on God, God's word. And usually I would say 95% of the time when God does speak to me, he speaks his word to me. That's what he does. And so you can identify the word of God speaking to you when he's using his own word and his own truth to reinforce to you what you should be thinking and should be doing. So Yeah. And, and, and I think, I mean, this can get really deep, but I think it's important to, is that we, we have to have something by which we judge the, the, the noise in our head. Oh, absolutely. And, and I want to be careful because there is a level of mental illness that, yeah. that you hear voices. Yeah. And, and, and so one of the questions I'd like to hear you address at some point is what is the difference between thoughts and voices? Mm-hmm. Um, and are, do we sometimes use the words interchangeably? I mm-hmm. think that's the thing, but I think also the, the others, the, I mean, I've had people come to me who I believe were, um, either under the influence of something demonic or mm-hmm. who were mentally ill. Who t- God told me to tell you this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. And immediately when that happens, all my radar detectors go off, you yeah, know? Yeah, Because, well, my first question is, well, if God's speaking to you, why is he not speaking to me? Because he's quite <laughs> capable of delivering messages personally. And, and so that, yeah. that, and then often what they tell me that God told them, I just categorically do not believe yeah, it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because, and here's the factor, it runs contrary to what I know about the word of God. Right. And I think as we, we unfold this, I think it's really important for us to emphasize is that we have a compass. Mm-hmm. The compass tells us what direction we're headed. And if our feelings are accurate, if mm-hmm. what we think we're hearing is accurate, and that is the Bible. Absolutely. Because so, I've known people to get lost in the woods without a compass and they're traveling in circles, right? <laughs> yeah. And they feel like they're heading the right yeah. direction, but yeah. they're just they're just repeating yeah. their steps. I think that can be true of our voices as well. Yeah. So what do we use? We use the scripture to make sure we're headed due north, that we really Absolutely. know what is true and what is false. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think it's in First John chapter four where it says test the spirits. Mm-hmm. The whole idea of that passage is saying just because someone says, well, I believe God is telling us to do this, or I believe that God is saying saying to you to do it. Okay, time out. I'm going to take some time. I'm going to pray about that. I'm going to test it against God's word. I'm going to test it against what I know to be true. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, and, and, and there's this idea of, of a Holy Spirit inside of uh, the, the third person of the Trinity living inside of us that's going to give us that, hey, that, that, that he's the ultimate compass, right? Mm-hmm. And so we have his word, we have his spirit, and I'm always going to make sure that I never just accept this voice, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so I think it's really important that, you know, the difference between voices in that self-talk, I think it, I think there can be a level of mental health. I don't know where, and again, this is where there is a, th- this will be a long history of debate until Jesus comes back. But what is truly a mental health illness and what is demonic, that is a to me, that is somewhat of a mystery, okay? Mm-hmm. Because I think before uh, the the advent of of the psychological sciences, I would say that most people felt like those kinds of things were from the spirit realm, mm-hmm. right? And I and I believe that a lot of them are. I'm not. I don't. I don't think that there uh, that there's. I, I think there are a lot of things that we call mental mental illness that I believe are are influenced by the demonic uh, world. 
But I do think there is some level of, I think mental, there is such a thing as mental illness. That's what I would say as well. I do believe that there are people with, with genuinely mental conditions that I, I don't believe are necessarily all demons inside their head. And that's why this gets complicated because we want things to be either black or white, yes or no, up or down. Yeah. And sometimes in God's economy, they're they do overlap. Yeah. Um, Jay Adams, who was a great Christian yeah. psychologist, mm-hmm. said that at the root of all mental illnesses is a seed of sin. Mm. And and he's been widely criticized for it, but there's a lot of evidence that, I mean, yeah. anytime we're broken, it's because of the original sin. Yeah, I think I think a lot of times you can you can trace a lot of mental illness back to sinful roots like sexual abuse or mm-hmm. or be a, being a part of some kind of demonic ritual or you know there's there's all kinds of things mm-hmm. that that or, or simply pride and violence and pride you know, and violence. I mean there's all kinds of things that that can open up doorways to spiritual oppression and so I really think that that's there that's a reality that many people want to say that they, in the humanistic world in the naturalistic worldview there is no spirits. There is no de- demonic, you know, space. And so, when you are talking to people in the psychological or, or, or psychotherapeutic world, everything is a horizontal problem. There's nothing. There's nothing spirit. There's nothing vertical. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like that. Uh, and as a Christian, you can again eat the meat, spit out the bones. You know that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so, yeah, I think there there are some times when people have some mental illness in their brain, mm-hmm. right? But I also believe that. There's a lot of stuff that we call mental illness that is rooted in spiritual oppression. Well, because the majority of people that listen to this podcast are believers, professing oh, absolutely, believers. absolutely, yeah. Let's, let's go to this idea of hearing from God. Mm-hmm. What what? How do we know we're hearing from God? I mean, I, I think you and I both have probably had experiences where we've felt strongly yes. uh, moved by the Holy Spirit. Yes. If the Holy Spirit's going to mean anything by being present in us 24-7, yes. we need to be hearing from yes. him. We need to acknowledge his presence. Yeah. How does a Christian navigate that? So I think I think we should always have a a level of expectation, but but I would say that it's it's almost like feeding that opening that doorway for God to communicate with us is it always begins with a posture of prayer and humility, seeking the Lord, and 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 ingesting His Word. Like that's that simple. If if you want to hear from God, read His Word. I mean, how many times I would say you know the voice of God in my life has gotten stronger over the years. But what I would say is there's always been moments when I didn't have that still small voice, hearing that still small voice, when I would read God's word where the Holy Spirit would be like, boom, mm. that's you. Mm-hmm. That's what, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and, and uh, if we are not beginning with a posture of humility and prayer, seeking the Lord, and then in, ingesting in, in deep ways the word of God, I, I, I just think that it's not it's not about like getting zapped. Mm. You know, there's been very few times on in my life I can count on one hand where God just literally just boom gives me something and um they they were they're directional moments in my life. I can remember when I was I was visiting Northside for the very first time and I was I was vi- viewing it you had invited me to me and Liz to come down and we were just there kind of visiting and and observing and uh we were trying to decide between Northside Baptist Church in another church in New Jersey, and uh, you would have thought that you know this this that is not been a, an easy decision. This is not a hard decision here, okay? <laughs> you know, South Jersey or or Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, but you know, we prayed about it. I, I the both pastors, both you and this other pastor, I really respected. But I remember 
sitting in the back row of the one section. And we, Liz and I sat there for the Sunday morning service and we didn't know that we're all the teens, that the teens sat there. And you were invited us to be the youth pastor or, you know, that, that was the opportunity. And so we sat there and we just saw these kids come in and they sat in front of us. And it was just like the Holy Spirit was told both Liz and I separately, this is where I want you. Hmm. And that's all it was. This is where you need to be. And after the service, both Liz and I can, you know, God, both God confirmed that both in my heart and her heart. Yeah, this is where it was. There was another moment I was in, I forget the room number, but I was teaching a class and uh, it was all about, um, we were doing the Rick Warren thing at Northside. And it was this moment where you could ask these, you had to ask these people these questions in this ministry class. If you could do anything for God and you knew you wouldn't fail, what would you do? And, you know, I'm teaching this class and people are filling out these, the answers to these questions. And I'm thinking to myself as I'm, it's all silent in the room as they're writing down, I think I'd start a church and immediately, boom, the Holy, I mean, that was a thought that came in my head. Mm-hmm. I think I would start a church if I, if I was, if I was answering this question, I'd start a church and the Holy Spirit, boom, Ben, that's what I want you to do. And out of that came, you know, planting Providence Church, Church of Denver. And it was just like, those are, those are very clear, vivid moments that I was not looking. I mean, I, I was open, but it wasn't like, it's, it's that, that's a God moment that I can point to. And he confirmed it. It wasn't like, and that's the other thing. A lot of times when you feel like, did I hear from God? You know, after he told me that in that moment, um, I want you to plant a church. I went home. I told Liz, we prayed for three months. God, you got to kind of have to confirm this, confirm this through other people, confirm this in your word. And God just kept confirming it over and over again. And he ultimately confirmed it when you and I went out for lunch that one day. I hadn't told you anything. And you said, Ben, I think God wants us to plant a church. I want you to do it. I mean, okay, God, <laughs> I'm getting the clear. I mean, see what yeah, I'm saying? Like right. there's, there's, there are a lot of times there are providential means that God is going to do to confirm his word in you. And I think that that those are the, those are the what I would call the outside of the biblical norm, you know? Uh, but but I, I, I don't think, here's what I would say. Don't walk around waiting for that. Mm. He's given us the fullness of his revelation. We don't need to be looking around for the extra words, mm-hmm. you know, just just give just ingest and use the revelation he's already given right. to you. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and I would also at this point, point jump in and say, and be really mindful of using the fleece test. You know, we often refer to people as, well, I put a fleece out before the Lord, like (laughs) Gideon did. Like what Gideon did was the right thing to do, and it wasn't. God recorded his sin. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The fact is God had already spoken to him really, really clearly, and he doubted whether or not that was the voice of God. And so he kept laying these these tests out for God. And eventually, God's like, you know, stop testing me, obey. (laughs) Um, and And we need to be really, you know, mindful of you know, of, of that. At, at the same time, if the Lord gave us the Holy Spirit, calls him a comforter, calls him That's a right. teacher, yeah. he obviously did so because he wants him to, he wants us to engage with him yeah. and he wants to engage with us. Yeah. And so I think that's where, because the, the flip side of, you know, hearing God all the time and being confused about his voice is never hearing from God. Yeah. And when people say, well, I never hear from God, I, I almost want to say, well, Okay, are you praying? Mm-hmm. Are you reading scripture? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Are you meditating? Yeah. Are you being silent before yes, the Lord? We talked yes, about recently. Absolutely. Yeah. So that God has an opportunity. You know, a lot of times we expect God to do something really dramatic, but remember when Elijah was was in the depths of depression, uh, he kept expecting God to speak to him in a big wind or a yeah. fire or something like and, that. And really it's a still small voice. Yeah. And usually one of the things that God always does, he's asked questions. Why and he like mm-hmm. Elijah, why are you here? Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's it's trying to get you to a point of understanding why you're doing what you're doing. But I love that story because I think we want God to be the thunderous mountain, you know, voice. And and it's that still small one to question us, hey, w- what are you doing here? And I think that's a, it's really important to remember. So I, I think those, as you're navigating the self-talk, I think there's a lot of things you have to, I think there's a good conversation to navigate and say, what is the self, is the self-talk, what is me, what is, is the enemy, and what is God? Right, and I think the more we are prayerful, the more that we are in His Word, the more we'll be able to discern those kinds of things. Yeah. Well, this has been a great conversation. Well, we I actually, think I've got enough for you, part you, two. Yeah, you didn't even hit the uh, I did. all your notes right I there. Did. So we may have to come back to that. Thank you uh, so much for listening to us always at Life Talks, and and open your ears. Open your word, open your ears, let the Lord speak to you. Let the word of God dwell in you richly, and he will speak to you. And uh, we hope that you'll let us speak to you again on another episode of Life Talks. As always, thanks again for listening. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well. So leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit lifecharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.